every time you get a chance to witness this scene, you feel lucky. Nothing like it. Man, this is what it's all about. This is what college football is all about. I've, I've said this is the best scene in the country. Welcome back to Whiteout Weekly, and after one week off, we have officially found a defensive coordinator. Early Sunny Day took place, and we have the bowl schedule all laid out for us. But most importantly, if you could take your attention to my right, the Big Ten betting bonanza dumbbell is in my possession after I edged out Dave 28, 26 in points. It was a glorious victory. He had hope with that uh, Wilson, Roman Wilson touchdown that got him back into it. If he had, who's your other pick for a touchdown? It was Charlie Wilson for Iowa. Ah, bummer. I mean, we called that game to a T. We were like, Michigan's blowing them out. Not even (laughs) going to be close. But if he scored, you would have tied it up. And we've had to have some kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, wrestling tiebreaker or something. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into the big news. Um, after tons of speculation of who it could be, Miami, former Miami head coach Mandy Diaz is officially Penn State's new defensive coordinator, announced this past Saturday. And personally, I'm pumped about this decision. Uh, this guy brings 24 years of coaching experience to Piet to Penn State. Dave, how do you feel about the sire? It took a little bit of time to sink in, but I am more excited than I thought I would be. I think a lot of my focus, and I don't know yours was too, on uh, Elijah Robinson, Texas yes. A&M. That was the yes. household name. Had the Penn State ties, obviously, playing for Penn State. Jim Knowles was another one that was in there. Found out a little beforehand that he was going to Ohio State, but wasn't expecting this one. Fucker came out of nowhere. Uh, his name started to circle in through the rumors late, and then it just kind of took full swing. But Franklin had said that he wanted to bring in someone who could be a head coach of the defense. You could look at what his head coaching record was at Miami. wasn't great. Uh, it was much better, much better off as the D coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's exactly what you're getting here. And I don't think it's a huge drop off from Brent Pry, which will be good. Yeah, yeah. And I think for the recruits or the incoming 2022 class, the guys who are there, which we'll get into, I think you, you, you could see a little bit or a lot rather a lot rather of excitement uh, for guys to, to get ready to get to work for him. He's going to bring an aggressive style, tenacious style, getting after the quarterback, maybe a little bit more so than Brent Pry. Um, his, his defense is really, really keys in on having some key cogs at the edge rusher spot and at the linebacker position, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm excited, man. I don't know. I don't know that this is a long-term solution. I think he, he may be looking at a two, three years here and then, and then he may go be for a head, head coaching job somewhere yeah, else. And then looks, yeah. It looks to get, um, get, get another shot at, at head coach. But I think for now, I think this is what you need. 
Um, with the way this class is shaping up, I think they're gearing up for hopefully a Big Ten title run, college football playoff run, and I think he, I think he's a good fit. Yeah, going back to what you said about him as a defensive coordinator versus a head coach, when he first got to Miami, it was 2016, um, and that was his first year as their DC. They were the 20th ranked total defense in all of college football, eighth fewest defensive touchdowns allowed that year in the country. 12th scoring defense in the country and fifth most tackles for loss. So that goes to what you were just saying that he preaches about getting after mm-hmm. it, getting to the quarterback. His next year, he made maybe the most impactful achievement of his coaching career with the creation of the turnover chain, which was at the time revolutionary. Absolutely love that. Um, that Miami defense led college football with the most sacks by any team. And was third in the nation for tackles for loss and ninth in yards per play. So, again, his guys on the defensive line get after it. Then last season as a defense coordinator for Miami in 2018 was his coup de grace. They were the number four total defense in the nation. Number one in the following categories. I think there's four of them. Number one in tackles for loss. Number one in the lowest third down conversion rate and the lowest passing yards allowed in all of college football in his last year as defense coordinator. Then Mm -hmm. he was promoted to head coach, and I think he finished with like a 15 and 12 record over two years, something Mm -hmm. like that, like right around 500. But again, after that slow start to the season, um, it was kind of uh, games over for him as a head coach, and I think he – yeah looked at his past and was like, I think I fit better as a defense coordinator, kind of build my resume back up before I enter the head coaching realm again. Yeah. And I think, I think the other thing to look at here too, is obviously you get a proven uh, defensive coordinator who has a, has a resume built, but I think from a recruiting standpoint as well is he, he brings in someone potentially some of those pipelines that he had built from his time at Miami down in Florida. Uh, yeah, you got a few kids huge. coming in in this 22, 2022 class who are from Florida. Granted, I'm not saying he's going to go down there and be nabbing every five-star recruit that's coming from Sunshine mm-hmm. State, but I think if he's the difference that can land you uh, an additional one or two guys each year, uh, steal them away from a Florida State, from a Miami, uh, from a Florida, or any of those Southern schools, um, and give them a reason or a, an ear to listen of why to come up north to Happy Valley, Exactly. Uh, yeah. I think I think that's a huge win. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of recruits, Nash or early signing day was today, mm-hmm. and we are going to be right back with our very special uh, guest of the program, Reed Kellum, to give his thoughts on some of the prospects in just a bit. Just a bit's like a flash of a segment. So unfortunately, special guest and friend of the show, Reed Kellum, could not make it to talk about early signing day and the recruits. And Dave, you are way more in the know than me regarding the whole recruiting cycle and who's coming in to Penn State. So I want to hear about a couple, a few of your favorite uh, recruits that came to Penn State on early signing day today. Yeah, so I think I think there's a lot to be excited about with this class. And I know for a lot of folks, it's, you know, just another recruiting cycle. You know, it's going to be the same old, same old. But I think 
seriously, this class has a chance to be program changing. And you can it's see a big it. Claim. Sense it's it. a big claim. It's a big claim. You can sense it with, uh, you know, guys saying the right things and just the camaraderie among the recruits. This recruiting class was built back in, say, June, July, when a lot of these guys committed. So today was just kind of a culmination mm-hmm. uh, and making it official, putting pen to paper. But when you look at the collection of talent that they brought in, mainly at the skill positions is really what what you got to write home about. Obviously, the headliner is going to be Drew Aller. Our boy. Uh, so our boy, he's number one quarterback in the country. So this is Franklin's biggest get. He's always had the label of big-time recruiter. This is Franklin's biggest get. And we, he coach. started recruiting him as a three-star, right? Yeah, back his junior year, three-star, really off, really off everyone's radar. Um, and then this year with his senior season, threw for almost 4,500 yards, 48 touchdowns, uh, close to a 70% completion percentage. Had a game uh, that was on national TV on ESPN where he threw for four touchdowns over 300 yards. So he's the real deal. And yeah. he's got that it factor. And uh, we had the news break uh, last week as well that Sean Clifford's coming back for a sixth year, mm-hmm. uh, which take it how you want. Got his jersey on. So, yeah, I mean, whatever. as as much – I mean, this kid seems like the real deal. Um, I'm just never comfortable throwing in a 19-year-old kid, mm-hmm. especially with the line that we have right now. Like, if we were – in Alabama and Ohio state where it was just a staple of NFL offensive linemen all the time. Sure. Throw that, throw that kid behind him. He'll be protected. But with the leaks in the O-line, I don't want to, I don't want to risk just throwing him out there and having him scrambling for his life and possibly getting injured by as a, like as a true freshman. So. Right. I, I kind of like that Clifford's back to kind of wedge that gap. Um, and if Clifford sucks, you know, we got plenty of options behind him. Yeah, and that's, that's what Clifford's going to bring. Granted, however you may feel about him, he had a fairly productive year, uh, just shy of 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, six picks. Um, and you can tell that, back, that injury, I think, bothered him for the full season. As much as he wanted to say he was 100%, I think that really did, either mentally yeah. or physically, bothered him for that stretch run. For sure. Um, but I mean, the plus side with Aller that he's going to be enrolling in January. So he'll be eligible for spring drills for spring ball, uh, can play in the blue white game, got all summer off season workouts and you got fall camp. So he's got a long runway uh, for this coaching staff to truly evaluate where he's at and if he's ready. And like you said, if he's not, or if the O-line isn't, you know, uh, where it needs to be, you got Clifford, you got a 24 year old starting quarterback who has a chance to break a lot of records in regards to game started, uh, passing yardage, uh, touchdowns. So you have that experience there. Um, and then on the other hand, you got a five-star phenom walking on, walking through the front door uh, in a month here or less than a month. Um, so, so he's the headliner. You, do you think Clifford would be okay if after spring ball, they're like, hey, we're going to go with either Aller or Blue? As a starter, do you think Clifford's going to be cool with that? Just taking a backseat to them, kind of like a Jalen Hurts situation. I just think that's that had to have been what went into the conversation with him coming back. Um, yeah, he knew. I mean, I mentioned Aller. You got a two QB class here coming in. You got Bo Prabula coming in as well, who not doesn't come with the same accolades as Drew Aller. 
um, but draws a lot of comparisons to Trace McSorley. And funny enough, on signing day today, uh, Penn State did a really good job with having uh, more recent and current NFL players announce uh, the signing day draft selection. So funny enough, Trace McSorley announced Bo Prabula. That's uh, But having Bo in that room too, um, like I said, obviously you have Aller, but Bo, he's, he's nothing to, to shake off. He's, he's going to bring, come in there with a warrior mentality. He's a winner, uh, does a lot of things similar to Trace. So Clifford's going to have a competition in there. Um, yeah. I think he's being able to teach these guys a lot of things. Um, but I think coming back to a program, with a QB room that that's that crowded, I think that had to be a, that had to have been part of the conversation. Yeah. Cause he like could have very easily went mm-hmm. elsewhere and been a surefire starter right out his last, you know, victory lap somewhere else. But I think, I think all the things that he's going to bring to that room and no, very well knowing that there's a chance where he could be dethroned and yeah. overtaken yeah. by a fresh one of these freshmen. Completely agree. Um, so next I'm going to look at the running back spot. You got Nicholas Singleton or Nick Singleton, uh, from governor Mifflin, five mm-hmm. eleven, uh, just shy of 200 pounds, elite, elite talent, uh, <laughs> draws a lot yeah, of comparisons. I think this was him, him and, uh, Saunders were the only two recruits that I'm like pretty familiar with. And Singleton from his highlight reel is just a monster, just an absolute yeah. monster. Two two thousand yards during a senior season, uh, forty eight total touchdowns. He had a couple of return touchdowns as well. Uh, Gatorade National Player of the Year. Uh, so just yeah, t- comes with a ton of accolades uh, from the state of Pennsylvania. So able to keep him home as well is a huge win for this program. Harrisburg, uh, I think just outside of Reading. Uh, okay, so I think Governor Mifflin's in that Reading, uh, yeah, Central PA area. Gotcha. Um, but to be able to keep him home, and as a matter of fact, for this class, seven of the top ten PA recruits are staying home and going to Penn State. So that's sick. Gotta love that. They always have that slogan, "Dominate the state," but they truly did it. Yep. Uh, th- this recruiting cycle, and there's a lot of top tier talent. So it's not like they just got the top ten guys and they're they're not much. It's it's elite talent that's coming to Happy Valley that's born and raised in PA. Yeah. Um, but Singleton, he's he's going to be challenging for that top spot right when he walks in the door. Uh, you got Noah Kane, Kevon Lee, uh, with all the struggles. I know we blame a lot of it on the O line, but with that running back group, with no one really able to take charge of that room, mm. Nick Singleton's coming in with a lot of talent, and it's going to be very very difficult to keep him off the field that freshman year. Yeah, and we still have to see if see if uh, Noah Kane or Devin Ford come back next year. So. Right. Might mm-hmm. be a little less crowded running back room where you can get more reps and more uh, focus, maybe split time with Kevon Lee. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, moving to the wide receiver spots. <clears throat> so I know you mentioned uh, Caden Saunders. Love this uh, kid. West, Westerville, Ohio. Uh, born and raised right in Ohio State's backyard. Uh, so being able to get this kid, uh, really Penn State was after him from the start. Uh, we were one of the first programs to approach him uh 5.11 buck 75 uh speedster runs has close to 4.3 speed Ooh. franklin wow. compared him today to a to a hybrid of kj hamler and jahan dotson so uh <laughs> those are those are that's a high bar to set yeah um but he's he's gonna be another kid that's that's really knocking on the door his freshman year ready to make an impact he could uh, be he could fit in the slot right away 
yeah, with with hopefully Parker Washington taking more of a, a, a bigger role uh, with Dotson headed out the door. Uh, you don't you don't know what you have at that wide receiver spot. You got Malik Mega, uh, who got some runtime towards the end of this year. Hopefully mm-hmm. he does in the bowl game as well. But really, you got Parker, you got Keandre Lambert Smith, and then just like this year, that third spot's open. Yeah. Uh, so it's open for the taking. So I mean, those are all three phenomenal weapons on offense. Um, anything on the offensive line that we can celebrate yeah. about? So they got they got some some good talent. Uh, it's okay. not going to be your five star, you know, Evan Neal or Penny Sewell, you know, that type of talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Drew Shelton from Downingtown West, so another one of those uh, top PA talent. That's going to Happy Valley. Uh, spent some time at D tackle during his high school career, but looking like he's going to make the switch over to O line. Uh, 6'5, 290. Okay. Um, so he's up there. And if you think about putting another year or putting put him through a year with this strength program uh, to continue to bulk up, uh, iron out his technique. Yeah. Um, they, they feel really good about him. You got Malik McNeil, uh, who's coming in. Uh, similar, similar frame, uh, but again, not, not top, top talent. Um, so I would look to see that they would, uh, or rather, I think this, I think they look to bring someone in through the portal, yeah, uh, to I, help I think, fill yeah, some of those immediate sure. needs. I don't think you're going to see any true freshman make an immediate impact, uh, at least out of this cycle. So I would look to the portal. Uh, you can go back to maybe Manny Diaz with his ties to Miami. Uh, I don't know if they maybe have some linemen that could potentially, uh, be a fit up here, but I think I think like they uh, hit a home run on the D line from a portal standpoint uh, last year. I think you look to do the same this year, but on the offensive side. Totally agree. Totally agree. And we got, I mean, we got some good reps out of uh, Landon Tangwell. That's his name, mm-hmm. the yep. freshman. He had some great reps at left tackle, so he's a name to definitely look forward to in the future of that offensive line as it gets more and more elite. Hopefully. Um, so what about the defense? I want to talk about the defensive line because I know linebackers and secondary are going to be just fine with the younger guys we got. So who on the D line has signed? So so D line, uh, they were able to get, uh, Zane Durant, uh, from Lake Nona, Florida. Uh, again, recruiting side, you're going to hear a lot of terms thrown out there. Uh, he's been called a generational talent. Um, believe he finished his senior year with close to 15 sacks um, and double digit tackles for loss. So he's a, he's a top, top talent and it to get him to pluck him from Florida is huge. Yeah. Six one two ninety. So again, uh, already got, has really good size. Uh, yeah. So to be able to get him in that strength program, get him rolling uh, with Mustafa looking to be out the door, really you got Devon Ellis, uh, potentially Kaziah Izzard, um, and then a lot of inexperience behind that. So and six one two ninety, it seems like he could po- he could play edge and inside as well. Yeah, could be I like think a versatile could, piece. Yeah, he could for sure be a hybrid. Um, I think the real win uh, from the D line class this year was denied Dennis Sutton. A uh, lot of lot of recruiting sites uh, calling him the top edge rusher in this class. Wow. Um, coming from McDonough High School, which Penn State has a pretty good pipeline built there. Uh, you got Mustafa, uh, Devon Ellis, and Curtis Jacobs all filtering through McDonough. Um, so that certainly helped a ton. Uh, but deny 6'5, 250. 
So could probably use a little bit more bulking up, but he's very explosive coming off the edge. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. That's senior season was cut short due to injury. Um, but he's he's a top tier defensive edge rusher talent. Um, that with um, you know, what you're walking into next year, you're hoping Adisa Isaac comes back healthy. Um, he there was a lot of high hopes for him this year. Suffered had the uh, Achilles injury. Um, so hopefully he's yeah, back in good shape and then so uh, tough to come back from for sure. Um, but you know, you could see deny testing there. Uh, some other names to look out for you. Ken Talley, uh, from the Philadelphia area. He's one of our more vocal recruits in this cycle on Twitter. Uh, he had double digit sacks for the year. Um, but he's another guy to look out for. Where did he, um, he lay ball in high school? I uh, want to say Emotep Charter, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Okay. He's an inner city kid. Gotcha. Um, but he, yeah, so uh, defensive line, uh, pretty solid job this cycle. I wouldn't be surprised again to see if they go out and get someone from the portal. I think Franklin's comments after signing day today or after I concluded, he had mentioned that is still one of our needs. Uh, O-line, D-line, linebacker, still things that they're looking at. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, obviously these kids probably aren't going to see the field. Maybe some of them will, but definitely a good sign to see that we got some highly touted recruits coming in. I think I saw on ESPN bottom line that we were number seven uh, recruiting class, somewhere around yeah, there. Like right, right yeah, ESPN had us wrapped up at seven, uh, and I think 24-7 sports had us at six, so anywhere in that six, seven range. Um, still finalizing some composite rankings. Bad. Um, but yeah, not, not a bad job at all. And a lot, like said, a lot of yeah. these guys chance them to be a program changing class. Uh, Nick Singleton going back to him. He had some strong comments today saying, mark my words, we are going to win a big 10 title and a national title. Let's so, go. Thank you. Nicky Singleton. And, uh, let's go, baby. I'm hyped. Some bold words from the, uh, incoming freshman. I love it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we got a lot to look forward to, especially Penn State's bowl game. Thank the Lord, praise the Lord, we are not in the pinstripe bowl. We made it to the Outback Bowl. Aussie Bloom Big, Boomerang Beer Flights Big, Six Layer Chocolate Cake, and Ultimate Great Barrier Combo Big. I was thinking about. Every touchdown Arkansas scores, I'll eat a blooming onion, but I feel like that could be terrible for my health. I might still do it. I'm not sure yet. But the Outback Bowl, I mean, I'm ordering so much Outback for that game. It's not even going to be funny. Oh, yeah. So with the Big Ten, betting bonanza wrapped up and in my corner, we're going to do a new kind of gambling strategy for bowl season. It's called the bowl draft. So all 41 bowl games are laid out there. Dave will have first pick of whatever bowl game he wants. After that bowl game's taken, it's off the board. I cannot take it. So I have to think of another bowl game to pick. We each get five. One has to be a New Year's Day or New Year's Eve bowl. And then finally, the last two, six and seven pick is going to be the final four teams, spread picks. So, you got your five ready? I'm ready, baby. I got my five. I'm just praying to God that you don't take one of mine and I have to research <laughs> another one. 
Well, let's go. The same thing. You got it first. I'm going to kick us off with the first bowl game of the year, Luch. I'm taking us down oh, someplace warm, sunny. I'm going to the Bahamas Bowl. That's this Friday. That's this Friday. This so Friday. Be, be tomorrow, if you're watching this, when the YouTube video comes out. Kicking us off, first bowl game of the year. Tis the season. You got seven and five Toledo against Middle Tennessee State. Finished the year six and six. Just squeaked into this one. I'm taking the Toledo Rockets minus 10. Oh, double digit spread. Uh, Toledo played Notre Dame tough earlier in the year. They can put up points. Uh, they put up 40 plus multiple times this season. You need to be able to score points in bowl games. And I am going with the Toledo Rockets from the Mac. Thank God that's not one of my picks, but I, I didn't think it would be. While I was doing some <laughs> research, I did. I did look at Toledo and I was like, hmm, I might take that minus 10. But yeah, not confident in either of those teams. Um, I'm going to go with the last bowl before the national championship. This, the state really doesn't make sense. So all the semifinal games are on the 31st, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Or no, on the yeah, New Year's yeah. Eve. 31st. This game's played January 4th. It's between LSU and Kansas State. And I'm going with LSU's plus one. I'm just going to take them money line plus one of five. It won't count as three points. It'll just be a one pointer. Um, but LSU coming off Ed Orgeron's tenure, his last game, his farewell game, upset win over AM. I think they lay it all out in the line for Big Ed. Um, also, Kansas State had their offense coordinator fired after the season, and their head coach in a press conference basically said, I have no plans on hiring anybody before the bowl game. So they seem to be in shambles. Give me the Tigers. Money line plus 105. One last time. Go Tigers. 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 That's not on your list? Nope. Okay. There you go. Back to you. All right. So for this one, I love these bowl names, man. Going with the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Oh, baby. You know me, I'm residing in Houston, Texas. Got a ride with the hometown squad. You got number 20, Houston. Just came up short in the American Athletic Conference Championship game against Cincy. Uh, they decided, hey, we, wanna, we want someone from this conference to go to the playoffs, so they let them go. Taking on Auburn, who within the last week lost Bo Nix and Tank Bigsby to the transfer portal. Yeah. Out of control. Out of control. Out of control. Uh, so no Tank Bigsby, no Bo Nix. Houston, strong season. Uh, just came up short in the, like I said, in the conference championship game. I'm going to Houston minus three. The disrespect for H-Town in this one. Disrespect. I'm, I'm tailing Go that Cougars. pick. Go Cougars. Tailing that pick for sure. It's not on my list, but it's going to be on my bet slip in Parks Sportsbook for sure. If you haven't signed up, for Park Sportsbook. Now is the perfect time. It's bowl season. 
you can bet literally every single day from now until the new year, basically. Um, if you want to sign up and get a free risk-free $500 bet, use our code whiteout on your sign up. I know a lot of you have already signed up, but if you still have and you're still hesitant, there's no reason not to during bowl season. Just do it. You can do it literally every single day. It's it's an awesome, it's the best time of the year. It really is. No contest. Again, that promo code is whiteout when you sign up. Risk-free bet up to $500. All right. So for my second pick. I'm going to the promised land. Cue the Book of Mormon. My favorite place, Orlando. Orlando. I love you, Orlando. Orlando, the Citrus Bowl between Kentucky and Iowa. This is a chance to say, fuck you, Iowa. I hate you. (laughs) I'm going Kentucky minus three. Uh, Kentucky has the 17th best run defense in all of college football. Everyone knows if Iowa can't run the ball, they can't do anything. So Iowa is about to get smacked. I'm going to do an, I'm going to do an alternate line of Kentucky minus 10, <laughs> but for this sake, for this contest sake, I'm doing Kentucky minus 30. My final jab at Iowa. Fuck Iowa. And that's, by the way, my New, my New Year's uh, day. Bowl. Pick. I like it. I like it. All right. So I am going – I'm going to take us to the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. <laughs> You've you picked most absurd bowl so far. <laughs> Some reason that one caught my eye. I'm uh, not yeah. expecting any of these. Okay. Yeah, BYU uh, versus UAB. Yep. Uh, UAB eight and four. BYU somewhat of an up and down season, but a relatively strong season. Uh, big win against Utah. I think they finished the year with a win over USC. Uh, yeah, BYU uh, going with the Cougars again here this time. Brigham Young. Uh, BYU minus seven. BYU minus seven. So it's a Cougar bowl season for you, huh? There's mom. Hey, Cougar Bowl season. All righty. So, again, none have been taken so far. Glad about that. So, from the Independence Bowl, ties perfectly into this, I'm going to defend the Alamo. The Alamo Bowl. Oh. Between Oklahoma and Oregon. Um, Oklahoma's minus four and a half. Spencer Rattler, transfer portal out of there. But that true freshman, Caleb Williams, is the real deal. I think in, he only played in like eight games, if that. Threw for six, over 1,600 yards, 18 touchdowns, four picks, and then 85.4 QBR. I think he shows out in this one. Um, Oregon, I don't think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to suit up for it. I don't know if he's already announced that he's not going to, but doubt he plays Mm-hmm. I think Oregon is going to get hit with some of those draft people who, yeah, opt out. And uh, Caleb Williams a freshman, so he can't go to the draft. So mm-hmm. banking on him. Caleb Williams basically minus four and a half. Overall. Also, uh, Bob Stoops coaching the Sooners. 
for one honorary game before the uh, Brent Benables era takes over. But oh no way for that game! Yeah, they're bringing Bobby Stoops back for one more one game. So I'm gonna double up on that. Minus four <laughs> and a half. Let's go. <laughs> All right, back to me. Yep, number four. All right, so you mentioned Spencer Rattler. So I'm going to the land of not one of my favorite condiments, but the Duke's Mayo Bowl, <laughs> uh, where you can find Spencer Rattler's new home, South Carolina Gamecocks, taking on a neighboring state rival, North Carolina Tar Heels. Ooh, the Battle uh, Carolina. Battle Carolinas. And I'm going for our first outright money line dog, oh. South Carolina. They're plus seven and a half. I think they're amped up to get Spencer Rattler in the program. I think North Carolina, uh, I don't know if they have announced. I could see Sam Howell uh, potentially sitting out this one. Uh, he's potential one of the top yeah, QBs in this year's draft. I, I don't know so if he too. wants to risk it in the mail bowl. Mm-hmm. So I could see him sitting out. <laughs> now, now that he I said that loud, yeah, there's no way he's playing. Want to risk the professional now. career for Sam the Howell, beach mail uh, bowl, bro? Picked in the seventh <laughs> round from breaking his ankle in the mail bowl. Uh, but South Carolina money line <laughs> outright. Give it to me. So that's plus some. What's the money line? What What is the uh, number on that? Uh, South Carolina right now. I had him at plus seven and a half. No, the money line. Uh, like what you would get for money on payout. Uh, I'd have to look that up. Let me see. A little intermission. <laughs> South Carolina is plus 260 on the money line. Yep. So <laughs> that would be a plus seven for you if they hit that. Hell yeah. I have it actually as plus eight and a half. So yeah, that's a okay. Fuck yeah, that's a hundred percent of plus seven for you. Um, all right, my fourth pick, correct? Yeah. All right, gotta go. No rhyme or reason for this. It's just my favorite bowl of all time because my favorite snack of all time, the Cheez It Bowl. <laughs> I'm going with it's Clemson, Iowa State. I'm going with Clemson plus one and a half because. Their colors are orange and cheese is orange. I'm just kidding. Uh, I think Clemson actually has something to prove towards the end of the season, especially in this bowl game. They've been written off as a crappy team. DJ, you, whatever his last name is. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, Has been written off as scrub QB. Get out of here. You're not that great. I think this is... Sweeney's last final attempt to show the nation that Clemson's not a big pile of shit and that they're actually still a contender and will be back with a force next year. So I'm going Clemson again, money line at plus one and a half. So that's again, not a plus three. It'll just be a, a one in the cheese it bowl over Iowa state. And also if you follow me on Twitter, I have a special prize to give away during the cheese it bowl. So stay tuned for that. I think you picking the cheese it bowl was probably minus 800. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> of course it was going to be on my list. Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> not available on the Park Sportsbook app. But <laughs> I would bet on it if I could. <laughs> All right, final uh, pick. Yeah, I have no choice. I've left my New Year's Eve, New Year's Day Bowl for last. Well, yes. Penn State. No. Oh, wow. Not touch it. I am going Surprise. to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Wow. PlayStation, got, how has PlayStation been sponsoring the Fiesta Bowl? I think it's been the last few years. It used to be Tostitos. Tostitos, makes yeah. sense. But PlayStation Fiesta doesn't really make sense. But, doesn't make sense, but I kind of it's kind of sick. But uh, I guess if you are able to finally get a PS5, it's party. So <laughs> yeah, for real. So you got Oklahoma State, uh, currently number nine, eleven and two, strong season, pitted against number five Notre Dame, who just missed out on the playoff. Uh, I think. Uh, well, Notre Dame's minus two in this one. I'm going to take the fight in Irish minus two. I think they're amped up to start playing for Marcus Freeman. Who yeah, that video is sick. Head coach, that video was pretty pretty cool. And I think it's a big fuck you to Brian Kelly uh, from that whole team. And I think they come out and win this one big. Uh, but I'll take them at minus two. I like that one too. I'm going to put that in a bad slip. And you know, it was not a cool video. Brian Kelly pretending like he was born in Mississippi with, <laughs> at that fucking yeah. press conference. My family. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, dude. <laughs> Everyone knows that that is not the way he talked. <laughs> uh, oh, I need to find the name of this bowl. One oh. second here. Um, oh, the Peach Bowl oh, in man. Atlanta, Georgia. Pitt versus Michigan State. Now, I don't know. Kenny, to me, Kenny Pickett seems like the kind of guy who would play in this bowl game just because he lo- he loves Pitt so much. He's dedicated to that program, <laughs> yeah. leader. Like, I feel like he would just play in this game just, just because. He's like, I, I'm playing football. You're not going to just let me sit on the bench. Yeah. And if you look, this actually astounded me. If you look at passing yards allowed this season, Michigan State's last in – all of college football. They give up more passing yards per game than Duke, New Mexico State, Hawaii, and Georgia Southern. <laughs> By a lot. Oh they go up 337 <laughs> passing yards a game. And Duke is second to them. They're 129. They give up 311. So almost 20 more yards per game than the second worst. Insane. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just banking on um, – Kenny Pickett being there. But then you look up a little bit from 130, last place, Michigan State, number 106, good old Pittsburgh, giving up 257 in the air per game. So the over-under for this is 60. So I'm going over 60 in the Peach Bowl. Mm. Should be good for the air raid, too. Uh, Dome game. I think they played the Falcon Stadium. Yeah, so, and, uh, Mercedes. Don't worry about Stadium. that weather. Yeah, Peach Bowl over, love it. And your final pick before we get to the semifinal games. Oh no, you did five. I did five. Yeah. 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 Okay. So why don't you start us out semifinals? Um, let's start with Bama Cincy. Bama Cincy, I think I had the line in, out. In was the it Cotton, 
and the combo in Arlington, Texas. Arlington, Texas. Uh, I had it, what, Famo minus 13 and a half. So strong season for Cincy, uh, making it to the playoff. I think that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, obviously tough matchup pitted against Bama, who's clicking on all cylinders. Got Bryce Young winning the Heisman. Uh, Byron Mechie out, but still got Jameson Williams and a lot of weapons. I, I'm tempted to go. My heart says take Cincy plus 13 and a half. Uh, and I think I'm going to go that route. I'm going to take Cincy plus. I think Bama wins this game, but I think Cincy covers. I think Desmond Ritter, I think that kid's got a lot of fight in him. I, I like him a lot. Um, I don't, because, I mean, if Cincy gets blown out of this game, I think that's going to say a lot for anyone in the group of five whoever yeah. tries to make another run at the college football playoff. Granted, yeah, they, like, provided that they don't expand it uh, to eight teams or to 12 teams or whatever. But as long as it's four teams, if Cincy goes in there and gets blown the fuck out, I don't know that you see another team get another opportunity. So I think I think Cincy hangs. I could see him losing by 10. Um I think 10 is probably the sweet spot, but I'm going to, I'm going to take Cincy plus 13 and a half, but I think Bama wins this game. I 100% agree with your logic on this game. So I'm going to take Cincy first half plus seven. I think they're going to pull out all their like trick plays, all the stops, everything up their sleeve in the first half to kind of keep it close. And then Saban's kind of going to get a read on what they're doing, kind of get a read on what uh, Desmond Ritter likes to do behind center and second half will blow them out i think um so yeah i'm gonna go cincy first half plus seven so we're both on cincy with the points yeah all righty yeah that one pans out that could be awful for us uh, <laughs> never want to bet against alabama <laughs> and then in the second the uh orange bowl Orange Bowl. So we got Bulldogs to Michigan versus number three, Georgia Bulldogs. Who you got? So my game pick here, I'm going with the Bulldogs. Uh, I think the Dogs advance to get a rematch against Bama, uh, which I know they desperately want. Um, this game, it's a, it's a couple really strong defenses pitted up against each other. Georgia having the upper hand there, being one of the most dominant defenses of all time all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for the Bama game, the SEC championship. <laughs> uh, Michigan with the elite edge rushers. I think it's going to be interesting to see who Georgia goes with quarterback here. They've been riding Stetson Bennett, um, who got pummeled in the SEC championship. So I don't know if Kirby makes a, a switch here and throws in JT Daniels. And yet Bennett just doesn't have the arm for to like, you know, make that offense any kind of threat downfield. Yeah, at all. Um, so I'm interested to see what that play is there. Um, I think Georgia's what minus eight. I think the over under is 45. I think my play here would be the under 45. I think both teams are going to look to that, run the ball. I was going to pick. Ah, Georgia's a heavy, heavy run team, and Michigan has with uh, with Haskins and then Blake Quorum provided he's healthy. Um, so that would be my pick under 45, but I think the dogs win this game. All right. You forced my hand. I'm going over, over 45. Oh! <laughs> you forced my hand. You have me no choice. There's nothing I can do. Over 45. Um, 
I've no, yeah, I'm just picking this because you picked the under. I was, I had it written down <laughs> under 44 and a half. Um, Maybe they'll play JT and it'll be air raid attack between him and. I'm just Matt. hoping for some long touchdown runs, possibly some overtime action. That'd be kind of cool okay, if Alabama yeah. just blows out Cincy and we get the later game ends up being a sick triple overtime game where the over hits for me personally. Um, but I agree <laughs> with you. I do think Georgia that mentality that they want an Alabama rematch is going to fire them up so much that they're going to, that they're going to win this game against Michigan. Don't know if they're going to cover eight and a half. It's kind of a lot for two defensive prominent teams. Um, So I think they win. I think Alabama wins. So we both agree on that Alabama, Georgia final. So if I pull up on here, they have projected odds for that game. And it is Georgia. This is on DraftKings, by the way, not Parks. This spread, this uh, spread coming up. Georgia minus two over Alabama. Damn, really? Yep. I'll give you the first, the first pick. If you want to take Alabama plus two, go for it. Now I'm going to go dogs minus two here. Damn it, I would have the dogs. I was trying to freaking, what's it called? It's psych you out and kicking the <laughs> shit. No, uh, you're trying to set me up. No, I think, I mean, something's got to give here, man. It's been what, eight, nine in a row? I think, yeah. I think the famous had over Georgia. Um, I think them losing in the SEC, SEC championship game will benefit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to go against Saban and Bama because it's just, when you think they're out or having a down year and I mean, 11 and one, I mean, we're calling that a down year for Bama, but uh, I, I think George is a team of destiny this year. I think that defense has to get a trophy in that trophy case. Um, so I think, I think Georgia comes away with the natty. And the old adage defense wins championships. So um, we, so that game's a while away. So we, we have time to differ on that, but. The seven bowl picks of the bowl draft are in. We didn't take any of each other's bowls, which was a breath Amazing. of fresh air, thank God. <laughs> um, we got our seven picks up. You can see them on Twitter at Whiteout Weekly. We are going to be taking next week off. And then the week after that, we're going to preview the Outback Bowl. I'll probably have a bunch of Outback all around me eating while we do the preview. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we will also be making our picks on that game, of course, um, going over everything we usually do with a normal Penn State game, just with a little added breakdown because it's a bowl game and a New Year's Day bowl game, of all things. Who would have believed it at the end of the season? I would not have expected us to be in this bowl. <laughs> no. <laughs> but once again, uh, thank you all for stopping by and listening to us, listening to our nonsense about Penn State football and gambling. We love you all. And we will see you in two weeks to talk about the legendary Outback Bowl. Hope everyone has a healthy and safe holiday, uh, especially if you're traveling like I will be. Uh, but like like Luge said, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Love you guys. That too. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Festive, man. <laughs>